I want to talk about sometimes I have stinking thinking. Sometimes, just sometimes, I have stinking thinking. Here's what I know. Wrong thinking leads to wrong living. Here's another thing I know. Manure happens. And a third thing that I know is that one of the greatest stumbling blocks to spiritual life and spiritual growth is getting stuck in our negative, untrue, and impure thoughts instead of believing and living what God says in his word. You see, our natural or built-in language is negative. When left to what comes naturally, being negative, we lose sight of the spiritual truths that can set us free, the positive things that God has spoken to us and about us. And sadly, in my experience, many of us refuse to push through the clutter and the clamor of negative thinking and false beliefs that can and do bombard us daily. If it is not us fighting wrong thoughts, it is someone we love or are close to that is constantly struggling with stinking thinking. You hear them say things all the time that should tell you that they're doing this. Things like, I just will never get it right. I will never amount to anything. I'm no good. I always fail no matter how hard I try. No one really cares about what happens to me. If I disappeared, no one would notice, much less care. No matter how hard I try, nothing changes. My life stinks and it is only going to get worse. I never get a break. There is no way I can change that. It's just who I am. It seems that I mess up everything I do. God could never love me after all that I have done. I have to take care of myself because no one else, especially God, comes through for me. So I better grab whatever I can whenever I get the chance. And you could add your own favorite self-talk or inner conversation to that list. Any one of those thoughts can be deadly. And added one upon another and repeated often enough, they can imprison us in a hellish life filled with toxic waste. I believe that most people, even spirit-filled believers, need to break free into the amazing and exhilarating freedom of God's truth, God's word. Because the root of most sins we commit outwardly are the false beliefs that we embrace inwardly. The root of most of life's disappointments is toxic thinking that takes us in a direction that leads to dissatisfaction, that leads to disappointment in life. So we need to identify, and then we need to reject the stinking thinking that keeps us from God's best. And we don't need Dr. Phil to tell us what God revealed to us in his word thousands of years ago. Your thoughts determine who you become. Proverbs 23, verse 7 in the New King James Version, For as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. As a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. 
If you think negative and toxic thoughts, you will become a negative, sick, and toxic person. Your soul will stagnate and wither. If you think God's truth in your thoughts, you will become like Jesus. Your soul will flow with living water and you will flourish. Again, here is something I know. If you're not trying to move away from the inner negatives you speak to yourself daily, if you're not willing to focus on God's absolutes instead of your own mental clutter and mental chatter, your self-talk, talk, talk, tapes, and topics, if you're not willing to move, you will only drift away from what you desire most, freedom to just be the you God created. Most of life's battles are won or lost first in the mind. Reading a biography of Abraham Lincoln, and he is quoted as saying, I want to know all God's thoughts. All the rest are just details. Our thoughts are either focused on what's eternal, life-changing, and true, or our thoughts are lost in the details of our temporary, selfish, false beliefs. Let me say that in a spiritual manner. If you are a Christian, then you're fully aware of the battle between your flesh, your earthly desires, and your spirit, your heavenly desires. Although sometimes we need to be reminded of that battle. The ongoing battle between flesh and spirit is usually fought in your mind. A husband does not wake up one morning and decide he's going to go cheat on his wife that day. Instead, it is a gradual process of sliding away thought by thought that allows him to begin an adulterous relationship. This truth applies to your finances, your family relationships, your lifestyle, your satisfaction with your job, your friendships. Again, a serious truth that I know. If you want to win the physical battle, we have to control the spiritual battlefield. And scripture makes it clear how we can control the spiritual battlefield. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. So obviously we need to guard our minds or our thoughts. Like a firewall protects your computer, you need to protect the hard drive of your mind. We need to know what we are fighting against we need to understand what we are fighting for, and we need to be aware of the enemy and alert to his ways. Paul makes our strategy clear and concise in his teachings and the letter to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, Paul says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And the Greek word translated strongholds here, as a noun, it can be translated as castle or fort or fortress. As a verb, it means to fortify. So a literal translation for Paul's usage would be a prisoner locked up by deception. In other words, if we don't demolish thoughts that are not rooted in God's word, we will become prisoners 
locked up by the deception that we hold and have in our heart and in our mind. As Christians, Paul says, we have stronger weapons than knives, guns, and grenades. We have faith, prayer, and God's word. And God wants us to use his weapons to win the battle of the mind. God's truth releases us from the prison of lies we tell ourselves and the lies that the world constantly bombards us with. Unfortunately, many believers are held hostage by toxic lies. But we hold the key in our minds, but we lose sight of it in the junk drawer of our negative thoughts. Paul the Apostle knew this, and so he continues in his letter to the church at Corinth in verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. So we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, we have to get rid of stinking thinking. Any thought that is not from God should be demolished, destroyed, annihilated. Instead of being prisoners of the thought war, we take untrue thoughts captive and make them obedient to God's truth, God's word. So here's a truth, again, that I know. We can win this mind game. From my study of God's word, my own experiences, as well as the shared experiences of others, I have identified four specific kinds of toxic waste that can and does poison our minds. Number one, pessimism. And that usually, in us, produces chronically negative thinking. Number two, anxiety, which usually manifests in our life as fearful and worried thoughts. Number three, bitterness, which pollutes our thinking with discontentment and envious thoughts. And number four, criticism, which pumps destructive, judgmental thoughts into our minds. So there's four thought bondages that form the strongholds, the fortresses, the fort, the castle in our minds. So let's look at those four. Number one, negative thinking or pessimism. A lot of born-again, spirit-filled believers battle with chronically negative thoughts about themselves, others, and life in general. You can call it self-talk. I do. Maybe it's dealing with our own self-image. I don't have what it takes. No matter how hard I try, I'll never get ahead. No matter what I do, I always get the short end of the stick. I am never good enough. My life is always going to stink. Maybe we have self-talk because we are overwhelmed with too much to do. There is too much to do and I can't do it all. No one appreciates all that I do. All I ever do is give, give, give. People constantly suck life out of me and I never get anything in return. I don't know how much longer I can take this. Maybe your negative thoughts tend to surface in more mundane areas of your life. My hair looks awful. It never does what I want it to do. That is definitely not my problem. I've got nothing to wear, and I can't afford to buy anything I'd enjoy wearing. 
My kids are eating me out of house and home. Do you kids think I'm made of money? I can't believe I wasted money on this stupid book. Negative thinking. Pessimism. So here again, a truth worth noting. Even if a grain of truth exists in a particular thought, where you plant the seed determines how and if it will grow. And if you let weeds grow in your garden too long, they'll ch choke out the truth, the one good seed, and they will smother your joy. And you'll be forced to eat weed salad because they've taken over the good fruit you wanted to grow there. So we need to be weeding our mental garden, the garden of your mind, on a regular basis. We need to be pruning the garden. What needs to be nipped in the bud before it overtakes the fruit of the Spirit, especially the joy the fruit of the Spirit will give you? Because the fruit of the Spirit is what your soul literally longs to experience. The second kind of thinking, stinking thinking, is fearful thinking, which leads to high anxiety. It's a close cousin to, number one, negative thinking. Fearful thinking. You may be able to quote that verse that says, God has not given to us a spirit of fear, even while your thought life is haunted by a host of fearful spirits. Economic fears. What's going to happen to the economy? What if my taxes go up again? What if my company downsizes and I get laid off? What if things don't really recover after COVID? What if the price of gas keeps going up? Maybe it's relational fears in your fearful, fearful thinking. You love your spouse, but he or she continues to disappoint you. Marriage isn't what you hoped it would be. Will we be able to work things out? Do I just settle for less and keep quiet? Does he still love me? What if I never have a good friend I can trust and rely on? How can you really trust someone anyways? You know, and the lists go on. And we ride the bullet train of worry and fearful thinking and high anxiety all the way to the last stop, which is high anxiety. The third one that we mentioned, is envious thinking, which will always lead to bitterness. Although most people alive today are more blessed than anyone in the history of the world, it is still so easy to be consumed with discontent and envy. In the midst of the bounty of blessings we experience daily, thoughts of dissatisfaction pop up like pimples on a teenager. Discontent leads to dissatisfaction, which leads to envious thinking. You know, they have it, why can't I? And eventually, envious thinking will lead to bitterness. Bitter at the hand that life has dealt you. So discontent leads to dissatisfaction, which leads to envious thinking, and eventually leads to bitterness. And so maybe you battle with discontent regarding your appearance. Appearance. I don't like my body. I wished I looked different. No matter what I do, I just don't measure up physically. Maybe you have discontent regarding the relationships you have or don't have. The house you live in, the money you don't have, the camper you wish you could have, the boat you always wanted. Let me repeat the truth. Discontent 
leads to dissatisfaction, which leads to envious thinking and eventually bitterness. And there's a fourth one that we can mention, and that's judgmental thinking, which is comes across and exits your heart and your mind as criticism. Perhaps even without knowing it, you are consumed with criticizing anything that crosses your path. People can find fault with other people, buildings, companies, governments, churches, family members, people you'll work with, lunch menus, basic behaviors of others, the sermon or the teaching, the worship, the neighbors, the weather, people's expectations, dress codes. So I see, in my experience, four kinds of thinking, stinking thinking, that needs to change. Negative thinking, or being pessimistic, Fearful thinking, which leads to living with high anxiety. Envious thinking, which leads to bitterness. And judgmental thinking, which leads you to be very critical. So, you need to think about your thoughts and be brutally honest. Do you battle with negative thoughts? Negative thoughts about yourself, other people, life in general? Are you consumed with fearful, worrisome thoughts, putting your faith in bad things rather than the good? Do you find yourself discontented, always wishing life were different or better? Are you always envious of others and what they have or don't have? And are you occasionally or often critical, finding something wrong with a lot of people, places, and things? So are you judgmental? If you answered yes to one or more of these questions, your life is being infect infected with toxic thoughts. You're losing the battle of the mind. It's time to switch tactics and fight to win. It's time to take those thoughts captive, pull down the strongholds, the fortress, the fort, the castle that they have built in your life. So let's look again at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. The Passion Translation reads this way, For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the, truth, of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. The Message Version reads the same two verses, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. The Message Version, The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools 
for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. The solution is once you've identified toxic thoughts, it is up to you to decide to take action and replace the lies with the truth. In other words, shine the light into the darkness. In Philippians, Paul states in chapter 4, verse 7 of Philippians, the peace of God which transcends, it's above all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds if you are in Christ Jesus. So as you meditate on Jesus, on God, on his word, he will protect your mind and he will bring peace to your mind and your heart. And you'll be filled with what you feed into your mind, what you feast upon with your mind. If you're feasting on the positive, on God's word, you will be filled as you feed your mind on God's word. If you're always being negative and you have one of the four, two of the four, three of the four, all four of the stinking thinking, then you will be filled with that. That's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, then think about these things. When you think God thoughts, he will guard your mind with peace. Instead of meditating, in other words, always thinking about the poison, we need to meditate or always be thinking about the truth. You might not see an overnight change in your life, but if you direct your thoughts towards God, you will, over time, be more joyful and be more peace-filled. And again, here's a truth I know. Once you acquire a taste for wholesome thoughts and godly thinking, your mental palate becomes more sensitive to the taste of poison. So the practical is, number one, when we hear something that is not true, we have to discern the lie. Now that's much easier to do if you know your Bible decently well. Knowing the truth helps us to discern what's a lie. Number two, once we determine that what we hear is a lie, we need to take it captive and find the truth so that you can replace the lie with what is from God what his word says about the situation or the person or the comment or the thought. And then number three, we then decide and choose to think the God thought instead of the lie. Now that can be difficult to do at first. That will certainly take practice. For a while you may have to go through a step-by-step -step process like my one, two, and three above. But after a while, our minds will be made new, our minds will be renewed, and they will be different, and they will be filled with truth, and we will be fluent in God's truth and be able to exterminate the false ideas as they try to enter our minds and as they try to feed on our faith. In other words, we will recognize the lie as soon as we hear it and before we actually receive it. So in spite of the fact that they will hit us, 
They never go in and they never take root. We will instinctively recognize poisonous thoughts and reject them before they stain our good thoughts that come from God. And then we will find that our default setting is whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, we will think about these things. Without hesitation, that will become our default setting and we will reject thoughts that are not from God. And naturally or supernaturally, we will think God kind of thoughts. So again, another truth that I know. You will always find what you're looking for. Think about the difference between two birds, a vulture and a hummingbird. Vultures soar high in the sky looking and searching for what and what does he find? Dead things. The ugly, oversized bird doesn't stop until he finds lifeless, rotting roadkill. Contrast that vulture to the tiny hummingbird. With wings flapping 20 beats a second, what does this small bird find? Not dead things, not disgusting rancid meat, but instead sweet, life-giving nectar. Daily, each bird finds what he's looking for. And the same is true for you. You can be on a roadkill diet or you can find sweet-tasting nectar in each day. If you want to find things to be negative about or to worry about, it is not hard to do, folks. If you plan to be critical, you don't have to look far to find fault. If you choose to be negative, you will easily accomplish your goal. But if you want to see the good in life, you will find it. If you choose to watch for places where God is working, you will see his loving presence each place you look. If you decide to look for hope, faith, and a better future, you will discover these positive things and more countless times a day. So decide the destination of your mind. And any time your mind drifts towards dangerous thoughts, stop. Grab those runaway thoughts, take them captive, pull them down, do whatever it takes to get the trash out of your mind. An Old Testament prophet said to God, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 3, You see me and you test my thoughts about you. Drag them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. Can you hear the passion for truth in Jeremiah's words? He asked God to test his thoughts and to help him identify any that were black sheep so that they could be dragged off and butchered. And we have to do the same with our thought lives. And I'm not just talking about being positive and saying self-affirming things. I'm not saying that you shape your life with good thoughts. I am saying that you shape your life with God thoughts. And so we need to remove anything that is not from God. And then we need to align our thoughts with God's word. Or to sound spiritual, Ephesians 5.26 if your life is constantly corrupted with unhealthy thoughts, wash them with the water of the Word. Get into your Bible. Begin to think like God thinks. So we need to realize that you and I are not a victim of our thoughts. We have the power through Christ to take them captive, should you wish to do so. 
You have the power to be free of those inner tapes that are sending negative messages. You will find what it is that you're looking for. You can believe the worst or think the best. You can find reasons to worry or reasons to have faith. You can live pessimistically or you can possess life-changing faith. Paul reminds us that the world is full of spiritual toxins and that your mind will not be overcome. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the Greek word translated as renewing means to restore, to renovate, to make better than new. You could envision an old termite-infested house being transformed by a good exterminator and a construction crew from HGTV. Or we could think of it as a mind makeover, God edition. So if you want to live a clean life in a polluted world, you must remove the seeds of poisonous thinking from within. Practice taking every thought captive. Ask God to identify and help remove the life-draining ideas and images of your mind. Fill your thoughts with his truth and the beauty of his goodness and holiness. And renew your mind with his word. And watch your faith grow and watch life change in ways that will astonish you.